Welcome to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. It's Forbes Riley, and I am here in Las Vegas, where I have been since Friday. This is going to be a very uh, emotional, kind of a crazy show, because it turns out that on Sunday night, I was an eyewitness to the shootings that happened here in Las Vegas. It's kind of a, a crazy, coincidental story that I happened to be exactly there as the worst tragedy from gunfire in America has happened, and we watched it. I don't know. You know, I'm trying to put the pieces together. <clears throat> yeah, can you hear me? It's been a couple of days. Um, Obviously, Sunday night was traumatic, and I'm going to walk you through what happened from my point of view. I have been interviewed by all the major news stations because we literally watched it happen. And as I'm trying to put it together about why was Forbes Riley a witness to this, because I got to share with you, it's pretty damn traumatic. Um, Sunday was bad enough. We were in lockdown up there for 10 hours. And the most, the weirdest part, guys, so I can just share this with you, is yesterday when the story started coming out about who the victims were and the families affected of the 59 people who died. Um, it's just been really hard. I welcome you to all call in. You're welcome to ask questions today. Uh, I do have a couple of my eyewitness people I spent the night with there. So let me set the stage for you and invite some people in because even though I've given a lot of interviews, this is going to be the most personal, the most insight that you're going to get. And I'm sharing this with you because you have to know. You have to know what was going on. So uh, it all started out. I'm in Las Vegas for a convention for infomercials. And quite by accident, I realized there was a, commercial, uh, an in, a convention for digital marketing, a thing called Thrive that I love very much. And some of my great friends from Ty Lopez to Grant Cardone, Kevin Harrington, I mean, rock stars in, you know, in the world of business were all there. And Grant had very graciously invited me to uh, a dinner up at the Foundation Room, which is on the, and I think it's the 46th floor of Mandalay Bay. Foundation was a very exclusive private party. I was thrilled to finally meet him in person with his beautiful wife, Elena. And there were a lot of fun, fun, amazing people there. When the party broke up, we all went, the, the guys all said, hey, we're going to go down and play poker. <clears throat> so they took the elevator downstairs. And I looked out of the balcony and there was the most beautiful Las Vegas skyline. And I said, we have to go take a picture. So Megan and Josh and a couple of other my friends all walked out to the balcony and started taking pictures. We have all those photos. And all of a sudden, there was this pop, 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 pop. And I remember saying to each other, okay, is that fireworks? Is that firecrackers? God, that seems weird. It was kind of loud and annoying. And I remember saying it was kind of annoying. And then it stopped for a second, then went pop, 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 pop. And we're all looking around, and somebody said, I think that's a machine gun, a gunfire. And we're all looking at each other thinking, there's no way. And then we looked down to our right on the ground, 46, feet, 46 floors below us, and people were running and scattering and... Megan said to me, she said, I think there's people on the ground. Are they dead? And there's a moment where you do not want to believe what you're watching because it is unreal. And if you've ever been in any kind of trauma, <clears throat> you spend that first moment going, wait a second. Is that real? Is that really a fire? Is that gunfire? Is it? It, it made no sense. Within minutes, 
the security from the foundation room ushered us all back into the room off the patio. And the foundation room is about 100 feet long, and it's a bar-type area, very nice couches and stuff to sit on with this beautiful view. And it was all very confusing. And Megan and I sat and looked at our phones, going, looked at the news. Well, we were the news happening at that moment. So there were no news agencies. Nobody was reporting on anything. And then suddenly Twitter started saying, hey, we think there's a shooter. And it went very quickly from, I think there's a shooter, to there's 30 shooters. They're shooting up Flamingo Bay, New York, New York, the Bellagio. There may be a bomb at Mandalay Bay. And I have to tell you, it was confusing and terrifying trying to put the pieces together. And then guys with machine guns burst into this room and said, everybody, get down, get on the floor, get on your face. And I, okay, I had just watched a, a, a TV special that said, people who don't move in a tragedy die. And that was really the thing I was teaching my children. If there's a fire, if there's a boat sinking, don't wait, don't watch it, just move. And I bolted back outside. The door closed. I was the only one out on the patio. Uh, the gunfire had stopped by this point. I was sitting behind a giant flower pot trying to be as small as I can. I got on my phone. I called my family and I said, I don't know what's going on. There's some shooter here. I, I just want to tell you I love you because I kept thinking about the Push nightclub and the guy walking around just picking off people, just shooting them and thinking this would be a really crappy way to die tonight. And all I heard inside was all my friends, because there was a lot of screaming, there was yelling, and I'm there all by myself. Uh, about 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't go back in. I tried texting him. Nobody texted me back. I made my way down the balcony, and there was a bar there, like a wet bar, and I thought, I just have to get in under something. And I remember the floor was all wet, but oh my God, I'm going to ruin my nice party dress. Uh, and as I was just about ready to dive under the bar, the guy with his giant machine gun, get in here, Red, put your hands up. And I'm like, oh, my God. What was happening that we didn't know at that moment, and this is fair to the SWAT team, is they didn't announce that they were the good guys, but everybody had their hands up and then we had to move in because we were the only balcony in the entire hotel. The shooter had to be on the balcony. So they ushered us all in, kind of looked through everybody, and then announced that they were the good guys. They were SWAT and that we needed to stay put. We were in lockdown. Nobody was moving. And we all kind of calmed down for a second. It was, I don't know, an eternity. All of a sudden, it became, oh, my God, there's a shooter in the building. Um, and as you can imagine, you know, we're all on the news. There's this police report that you can key into. My phone blew up, and, and, the, and the night unfolded from there. I'm going to stop for a moment and invite uh, Grant Cardone. Grant was the man who hosted the party. Grant, are you on the line? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, Forbes. Hey, baby, how are you? I haven't talked to good, you. Good, good. Hey, you know what you didn't know while you were up there? Because you and I got separated, right? Is yeah. My Captain Ryan, uh, Ryan, real estate Ryan, the, the, the pilot of my plane. Yeah. You, when you're with my team, just get close and something bad happens. Just get close to my people because my people always are fully prepared, if you know what I mean. Well, that's interesting. You know, I saw Ryan. We all spent the night together, about a hundred of us up there, and your team was great and wonderful. And I didn't know that. I didn't, you know, I didn't even realize who was there besides Megan and, and Josh and myself. Yeah. So, so I appreciate that. So, what happened? So, tell me about what happened with you guys. Well, we we had gone down to the casino at nine oh nine fifty eight. We had passed by the shooter. You were on the 43rd floor. I was with you on the 43rd. The shooter was on 35. Uh, we had been living below him for four days, just 12, oh, 12 floors below him. Uh, I guess he's on the 32nd floor, huh? 35th or 32nd, whatever it is. And wow. um, 
we went to the casino. Are you getting all this feedback that I'm getting, or is it just me? No, actually, you sound fine on my side. Okay. So we went down to the casino. It took about two minutes to get down to the casino. We were literally passing him, imagine, as he was preparing his nest. Oh, God. When we got to the casino, we sat down. We got chips. It was me, Kevin Harrington, uh, about 12 of us. And we're, we're all joking and preparing for a fun night of preparing for a fun night of poker, joking who's going to win. Kevin Harrington wins the first game, the first hand with aces, and it was not a ten oh eight. Ten oh eight is when the shooting started, and uh, we immediately you could immediately feel something change in the hotel amongst the employees, uh, the dealers. Twitter started lighting up. I immediately went to my Twitter feed to find out what was happening, and this is when we started hearing active shooter, multiple terrorists, uh, bomb threats, multiple hotels. All of a sudden, Twitter just literally in the next five or six minutes, we really learned how much misinformation gets blasted out across the world. Oh, yeah, that was crazy, wasn't it? We thought we were being attacked by a mass of terrorists. Yeah, exactly, And, and, and groups of terrorists, right? So... We, we were in the poker room, the Hold'em poker room of the Mandalay Bay Casino, and my wife's defense training immediately went into, kicked in, and she started looking for spaces for us to move into. You know, ba- basically what you look for in situations like this is cover. Right. Locked rooms. Um, she asked an employee about, hey, what, what's behind that door right there? And he's like, no, that's locked and it's private. Well, in the meantime, literally 30 seconds later, that room opened. Elena slips her four little slender fingers through the door, opens it, and says, Grant, follow me. And I got up, followed her. She knew I had protection on me. So she was wow. just looking to get all of us away and into rooms because of her defense training, her tactical training. And mm-hmm. then it set me up to get in position for the only entry into the door if, in fact, you know, these guys were going through the hotels killing people, which never happened. So, Grant, let me ask you a quick question because I've been asked this a lot. In fact, I got into a huge argument on international television the night before last with Pierce Morgan about gun control. What is your take on gun control? Well, I'll just tell you, there was a, how many people were with you up on the, in the foundation room? About 100. There was only one person there that had the preparation to, to, to protect himself and others okay. with a weapon. I was with over 200 people and I was the only one that, that, that could actually send fire back. Hmm. So, you know, I'll just tell you gun, gun control only limits the people that, that can actually take care of you in a situation like this. It, it, the event lasted 12 hours for me and I never saw a policeman until it was all over with a weapon. There was plenty of security. None, none were protected. Everybody was basically, uh, if these guys wanted to go through the hotel and start shooting people, there was nobody that could actually shoot back. Nobody could defend themselves. The shooter had illegal weapons. Okay, right. In a casino where it's illegal to have weapons. So the law was already being violated. The more gun laws will not prevent that gentleman, that man, from doing what he did, if it indeed was just one man, which I doubt. 
There is a lot of theories and a lot of rumors going around from that. Just doesn't make How any are you guys sense. Doing? How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. We flew back the next morning. We we got out at eight thirty in the morning. You know the 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 people around me were saying, "How, how long do you think we're going to be up here?" I said, "We're going to be here about eleven hours." Because Mandalay Bay is one of the biggest hotels in the country. It's almost six thousand rooms with the uh, the Four Seasons, uh, and there's twenty seven hundred cops in. in Las Vegas, and they have to clear every room before they can let people back into their hotels and and allow people to start moving through the hotel. Me and Elena are doing great, actually. From this, it was a, it was a it's horrific of an experience it was for so many people. It was really good for us in in ways. I, I know that sounds weird and crazy, but it it just showed us that you know your your deficiencies show up in situations like this. We live on a planet where this happens a lot right now, right. and it, it just really it, it supported us. And you need to be prepared. Police can only do so much. You know that is you a know, very very valuable point. And um, you know, is, is Elena there? No, she's not. She's picking up the kids right now. All right. Well, um, I got a couple of minutes before I head to break. Um, is there anything else that you just want to add? I, I want to. I'm on the line right now. Is also Megan Cavallis. Megan, I met at your party. She was taking the video that's gone viral of us, and she was the one who realized what was going on. I guess, Grant, the difference for us was that we were 10 floors above the actual shooting, so the sound was intense, but we could actually see, and all night we could see, dead bodies on the ground at the concert. So it was, it's been weirdly, weirdly emotional. It's been very hard for yeah. me. Well, I, just, I would just tell everybody, look, you know, bad things happen to good people. Because good people, good people don't don't prepare themselves. Like like, you really have to be selective about where you go today, who you're with. You know, the only two people that caused any problems while we were through this eleven hour ordeal around us were people that had been drinking that night. Oh no, you know, that's fascinating. That were bleary eyed, that were confused, that weren't sure. People that were on medication, like it causes a problem because your uncertainty is so low. So in situations like this, you want to be around people that are calm, but people that are prepared to move, people that have a plan, and people that have some training. Well, I appreciate all of what you did that night. We had an amazing time. Uh, I'll never forget the party. <clears throat> sadly enough, I know how to throw a party, don't I? Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, and we are forever connected because that's one of the things that happens in a tragedy. Um, I want to thank you so very much and give you both my love, big heart, and I can't wait to see you under much, much better circumstances. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I love you, buddy, and you, you did awesome, and, and I, pre- you know, I love seeing you on TV. You know, somebody made a joke. They sent me a joke. They're like, Grant, we thought maybe you were doing this until you got all the investors to invest with you, and you were holding people hostage. Oh, my God, that's very funny. Well, we'll hear yeah. more from the amazing Grant Cardone. If you're not sure what he does, he's a phenomenal teacher and had a 10X your business, uh, a good friend. I'm a huge fan of his, and I love hearing his calm sensibility, and, he, and he's right. For anyone listening, I'm also martial arts trained, and you don't think that you need it until you do. And so you do start looking for the strategic places to hide. How can you get out of a situation? Most people freeze. Um, unfortunately, the people down on the ground, a gun in their pocket would not have made any difference at all. That's right. Uh, sadly, they were just being picked off like like little flies at a distance. If you can, if you see the picture that I have posted, I'll put it on the website. The shooter had no connection to any of the people down there, and I think that's what's so tragic. It was random. He didn't care who he killed. I don't know why he did what he did, but to hear the rounds of 
nonstop machine gun fire, which is illegal. Uh, he was going to do that no matter what. I do not believe gun control would have had any effect. <clears throat> Before I go, I've got 30 seconds. We're going to bring on Megan. Megan and I spent a good portion of the night together. She's got, she was the one who shot the video. It's her voice that you hear. Um, my new crazy best friend in this adventure. So, Megan, hang on the line. I've got to go to a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Listening to the Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to possibly the oddest, most heart wrenching show that I will ever want to do or ever do. Um, I don't ever want to have this happen again or anything like this, but I was an eyewitness to the mass shooting in Las Vegas. I saw it from the 43rd floor in the foundation room. I wasn't alone. There were a hundred of us up there for about 11 hours. It was an intense emotional experience and it continues to get worse because what we saw was from a bird's eye view yesterday and today I met trauma surgeons. I listened to reports of actual people walking over dead bodies, fearing for their lives. Some of my friends were at the concert 
and it's been very traumatic. I didn't know that I was going to be so hurting. So I'm going to share some of this. That's the reason I'm doing the show the way I am. I would like to welcome in uh, a woman who I met that night and will probably become one of my best friends for the rest of my life because you don't go through this alone. Uh, everybody, please welcome Megan Kamalas. Megan, are you there? Hi. Hi, Fred. I'm here. Just bear with me. I'm, I'm in a car right now driving to Manhattan for live coverage. Uh, you're, heading off. Yeah. You're, you're heading off the yeah. interview. And I'm also That's okay. We're good. I'm still, I'm still in Las Vegas. Yeah, I can't believe it. I just... Yeah, I... So, uh, Megan, tell me... We met at Grant's party. We just had him on the phone. <clears throat> we went out to... They all went down to play poker. We said, hey, let's take a picture. Can you tell everybody what happened from there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we left Grant Cardone's uh, private meeting at 10 o'clock. And when I look back on my, on my, my phone at the time, um, I took that video, I think, at 10.10. But from uh, what Grant had just um, uh, reviewed with you guys in detail what happened, you know, a handful of them went downstairs, and we all scattered. And um, Forbes and I went out at 10.07. And when we stepped outside, I, I took Forbes' phone. I was taking a picture of her, and there was already about 10, 12 people on the, the balcony and about maybe six or eight more that came out with us. So everybody was in front of the balcony, and I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't see down. I hadn't looked over yet. But within 30 seconds of me taking Forbes' phone and taking a picture, I heard a machine gun. And I heard it for seven to ten seconds straight. And I didn't say anything because in that moment I was kind of like, well, I, I know that sound. I know it's not a firecracker. And I think I was in denial. Then I heard it again within 10, 10, 15 more seconds. And I knew immediately something was wrong. And then by the third round, all of us up there started screaming and, and were asking what was that. And that in that moment, we looked over the balcony and saw the horror. And I knew immediately, could tell what was happening. All these bodies were trying to run for their life and scatter everywhere. And I pulled out, I just instinctively pulled out my phone and started filming. And as I'm filming, I remember I'm screaming and I'm cursing on the, on the, on the video because I was in such shock and trying to hold my hands steady as I'm shaking. And as we're out there, every time I hear that video played back, I literally remember holding that phone and hearing the gunshot. You hear it in the beginning, the middle, and the end. And towards the end of the video, you literally hear that machine gun going for, it must have been 15 seconds straight. Um, but I you know, felt Megan, actually, I'm gonna that interrupt machine you for gun a second, coming from the left of us. Megan, I, I know you've given a lot of interviews. i got to share something with you because we haven't really talked since this happened. But yeah. I just, I we were, we were video separated again. when we went back inside. Yeah. I know. I've watched the video again, and the most horrific feeling for me is now I remember saying, oh, my God. I, I remember thinking that you were getting a little over the top about, oh, people are dying. How could that possibly be? Because your brain does not want to comprehend that. But when yeah. I listen to the sounds now, I realize that represents people dying, and I'm having a very, very hard time thinking about it. Exactly. Yeah, whenever I hear it, you know, I've done about, I don't know, eight or nine interviews now in Manhattan, and it's played back every time. You just relive it over and over again, and it's just, I know in that moment, I, I felt that when we were watching it, that that shooter was coming from the left side. And it changed up, and I felt like it was, there was two shooters. And when we came back inside, it's like Forbes had mentioned in detail. She had described this to you guys in detail. We came back inside, and we're sitting down um, with an exit door behind us and the bar, this long bar that's in front of the balcony to the right of me. And, again, remember, there's 100 people up on the foundation room, which is multiple different little rooms and the hallway. And SWAT team storms in. And we did not have any, rec we did not know at all that these were the good guys. So you can only imagine the terror 
And that's where Forbes and I separated. She ran out to the balcony. I had no idea she was out there. I ran over phone to the corner. Grabbed oh, wait, wait, I just ran to the second. Do me a favor. Explain to everybody, because you have a crazy account of this. When those guys with the guns came in, and all mm-hmm. you heard was what? All I heard was, get down, get the F down, get down, and walk around, get down. And there was about eight of them. I remember the corner of my eye. I know I saw camouflage. I know I saw, like, legit, like, you know, armed forces, and I saw two females. But I, I had to move so quickly that I had no time to even just look over. I just felt the power of eight people coming in with huge weaponry, screaming to get down. And I just ran over everything in front of me. So I just came to this kid, Chance. His name was Chance. We got down on our stomachs behind a couch. He's holding my hand. We're both shaking. And in that moment, I could hear their voices getting closer and closer to me. And for about a whole minute, which felt like five minutes, I literally said to myself, oh, my God, I think I am going to die. This is it. Like, because you don't know it's a SWAT team. And then Chance whispered to me, I think it's a SWAT team. But your head is in such a state of shock and terror that I still was not processing, oh, it's a real SWAT team. Who knows? Maybe they're, maybe they're posing as a SWAT team. We don't know. Now we're hearing multiple shooters everywhere. You know, so that was the moment. And in that, now I look back on it, in that moment of terror, thinking you're going to die because you don't know if they're good or bad guys, I just can't even comprehend on any level what these people went through down there on that field. Can't. I think that's, you know, I'm... I am very grateful that we, in fact, were very safe. We didn't know it. For those 15, 20 minutes, I also thought the bad guys yeah. were there. I only heard screaming exactly. and yelling inside the room. And I'm thinking, are my friends dying right now? I mean, I can't even express to being out there on that balcony by myself behind a flower pot was just probably the worst experience of my life. Yeah. I can't fathom it. But, I mean, I got off, I got wait, off the plane at 11.45 Monday night, and I bumped into, I was going to get my luggage, and a husband and wife got off the plane with me, and I said, hey, are you guys from Jersey? You come back from Vegas. They said, yes, we're from upstate New York. And I said, uh, please tell me you were not down there. And the wife started bawling. She said, yes, we were right there. We were five feet in front of the stage. And her account of what she went through, um, she said they're all standing there, and Jason Aldean was singing, and they heard the first round of gunshots and didn't think anything of it. Then they heard the second round. They looked to their left, and a bunch of people had just dropped collapse. Then they heard another round. They look up and the guy in front of them is in their arms and he's bleeding out. And her husband's taking his belt off, trying to get, you know, holding him, telling him the whole pressure. And, and um, he died in their arms. And then she said the worst account was, the worst part was when the lights went up. There's two, like, white fences pretty high up in front of the stage. I think with equipment in between them. And if you Google and you see pictures, everyone's trying to get over that fence for the stage for cover. She says the lights went up. And we were trying to get the safety, get under that. And all we're having to run over is bodies and bloodshed. And she says, then we get up and we're trying to run over the fence. And the shot, the, gun, the gunshot's coming down and people in front of her are being shot in the head and are just dropping to the ground. So her, her account was just unimaginable. I had the same experience. I ran into the country singer, uh, Brian, I don't, I don't know his last name. But he tells a very harrowing account of taking two young girls by the arm, sticking them into a, uh, a refrigerator. And it, the problem was you didn't know that there wasn't a shooter walking around picking off people. So he actually tells about walking over dead people. I can't, I can't actually, you know, it's, I haven't talked to you since this all happened. This is really damn emotional, huh? It's, yeah. I mean, uh, I think I've just been moving on 
I mean, I, I started interviewing when I got back on no sleep, and I just, you know, I have, I'm almost, I kind of felt weird in the beginning talking about this, but I realized, you know, we, we have to talk about it. It happened, and we, and part of the healing, I guess, for us, you know, this is going to be with us forever. And, you know, I am so grateful to be alive, like, like Forbes, like you, you remember when we were allowed to leave the next morning at 9 o'clock, the head, it looked like the head of security, there were about 10 security guards security uh, up there in the foundation room with us, and and this security guard gave a, a speech pretty much before he was allowed in 10 or 12 of us to leave the building, go down the elevator at a time. He said, guys, I want you to know that this could have turned out very differently for us and very, very ugly for all of us personally. He says, okay. my wife works in this hotel. And for the entire night, I had no idea if she was safe or alive. He says, so when you get home, you hug your husband, you hug your wife, you hug your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your family, your kids, your friends, and you do not take one ounce of every day that we have as a gift for granted. I mean, he got very emotional. And now when we're back home, I agree with you, Forbes. This is really, there's no denial. It's really starting to set in. Um, and I'm having mixed emotions of anger. And just, and ungratefulness, you know, and just so angry and upset that his families to know that we stood there and we heard this fire and people's lives just being taken out. This is just totally unacceptable in this country. How many years does this have to keep going on? And it's becoming the norm. I mean, we know it. I got a madman. We can't stop someone like that from getting, from doing what he wanted to do. But like Grant Cardone had mentioned, you know, how do you get 20, he brought 20 weapons into this hotel over three days. So let me ask you a question, which I get asked a lot, is how is it about gun control? Because you can't stop him. You know, yeah. He's one guy. You can't stop one guy walking to a grocery store with a bomb attached and blowing up 300 people like that. So what, yeah, what, what, is, there, what is that answer? I think this is a fine line between, you know, gun control and, and also um, how important it is for us to address mental illness. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he supposedly his description of him was, you know, he didn't have anything psychologically wrong with him. But, again, the type of weaponry that he had, nobody should have but an armed trained Marine, Navy SEAL. I mean, this is just common sense. I don't know, a metal, metal detectors? I don't know what the answer is, you know, but I had no idea that I'm in a state, Nevada, where there's practically zero gun laws, and anybody could just walk down the street. But, you know, I also, you know, here's what's interesting, because I got into an argument with Pierce Morgan the other night about gun control. Here's the interesting thing about it. You and I are not authorities. I'm a mom. You, you know, we did, don't, please don't ask us. We can give our opinions, but we can't change the laws. What we can do is share how horrific it is to be caught in all of that and yeah. um, just shed some light on the fact about how, how terrifying this was. I don't know about you, but I can't watch the news right now. I can't see the precious faces of the people who actually died that night. Yeah, well, I found myself in the middle of an interview with, um, I was with Maria Bartolomo, um, and then I was waiting in the press in the, uh, for MSNBC in the, in the green room waiting, and, and I'm watching the news, and they're pulling up pictures of who they have identified, and I started getting emotional sitting there, and I started getting emotional on set, because um, that just makes it use, you know, and I, it makes it so just so real, and then to know that that number of, Lives we've lost, what is it, 69? I don't remember the number now, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if it gets to 100, and I pray it doesn't. I'm praying for those 500-plus people that are critically injured 
in Vegas right now fighting for their lives. I am praying for supernatural miracles to happen to keep these folks alive. So I had a, I had a moment, and I'm going to share this with you because there's only a few a handful of us who are in this position, but mm-hmm. we can't change what was happening. But the crazy thing is, Megan, you and I were an eyewitness to the entire event. So I have to ask myself why. And here's my conclusion, is that you and I are articulate, we're passionate, we have a message to get out to the world, and if this is part of that platform, then let's keep doing those interviews and keep talking about what it felt like. Because not everybody can or wants to share the way that you and I are both doing it. So I honor you so much. I know you're in a car right now on the way to an interview. Um, Sister, I I just, um, I'm speechless, actually, and I'm never speechless. Thank you for saying that, though. I needed to hear that because... I'm honored as well, and I'm I'm grateful that I that I was with you. Um, yeah. Because I I did feel weird at the beginning when people started like my phone just started exploding from the video. It felt kind of it just felt weird and awkward. I'm like I don't want to go on the news. Like I'm not a hero. I wasn't down there. I didn't you know save anybody. I didn't get him out of you know out of harm's way. You know. But like you said, we were witnesses to this, and people need to know. They need to know what happened. Um. And, and, and people uh, that need to hear about it, you know, thank I you for reminding me of, of why we're doing it. Well, I, I, you know, one of the videos that I watched from being on the ground, there was nothing more horrific in your entire life. But you remember the moment when you kept hearing all the gunfire? You were the one. I mean, we, we were kind of arguing, going, people can't be dead on the ground. I'm like, stop being hysterical. Well, it turns out you were right. I, I can't imagine. I, I just got, I, the sound of that just haunts me. It really absolutely haunts me. Yeah. No, I, it, it, it's. I um, slept last night for the first time in two days, and my girlfriend who works at Fox News called me up and said, how are you doing? And I, and I said, you know, I actually had nightmares last night. I wasn't expecting that, but, you know, every every uh, network that I've interviewed with on set, there's been one reporter, a journalist, that has brought up post-traumatic stress to me and keeps bringing it up. And I, I, I appreciate it, and I and I, yeah, I know that they're right. Um, so I'm preparing myself to just be aware of, of how I'm feeling and I'm um, in tune to it. And I think it's very important for you as well, Forbes. We have to deal with what we're feeling in the moment. You know, the other thing, to be honest, and maybe you want to take to doing this, but I started Facebooking live my thoughts about moving forward. And for the last couple of years of my life, I've been on stage motivating people and inspiring them. And so for me personally, mm-hmm. and I know for you personally, to take the feelings and emotions and all the things that we were witness to and go, okay, exactly. I forgot what you, what you had just said about the, the security guard, I heard the speech, but I didn't think about it until just now, about not taking your family for granted, about doing things that matter. Because the reality in my mind is there was only really, there was only one bad guy in the entire environment. There were 22,000 innocent people there, hundreds of heroes and hundreds of, of workers who walked in and helped other people while gunfire was going on, didn't think about themselves. We're not highlighting those stories enough. We're not talking about people who do amazing things. I stood next to a trauma surgeon who watched 19 people die that night. These are heroes. These are amazing people. They should be highlighted and talked about because most people are not the bad guy. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I saw, I've seen tons of interviews of, of uh, pe- people that were at that concert that were literally just laying their bodies down over someone else that was injured on the ground and already been shot. They were throwing their, their bodies over them so that they couldn't get shot again. There were pictures of cops with their bullet vests on. They were throwing themselves down over people to protect them. There were pictures of people taking pieces of the fences that were there um, to help carry them, make, make stretchers and get them into a civilian car. There were civilians just pulling up in their cars because there was no movement in an ambulance, pulling up 
and trying to get them to a hospital. There's pictures of, of wounded being carried a mile, a mile down the strip to get into a car. So, Baby, I couldn't I, agree um, more with you for it. I will forever. Uh, you know, it's so funny. When we met that night, when the beginning part of the party, it was so sweet. You and I connected in a way that, and we have those pictures of when the party was happening. And you know what? I'd love yeah. to be your friend. I'm so excited to meet you. The fact that now that becomes history. I, again, I'm trying to find perspective. I teach that life happens for you, not to you. And so yeah. you and I and Grant and Kevin and a couple of other people, you know, we get to be bonded from this and take the lessons and move forward and just, I don't know. Actually, this moment, I really don't know. But I do know that there's something that needs to come out of all of this. I, I couldn't agree more. And I and also wanted to mention that what Grant Cardone had um, talked about in terms of, you know, we have to always be prepared. Mm-hmm. Know who you're with. Know your surroundings. You know, we're not going to live our life in fear. But this is, this is just to reiterate, who you surround yourself with is so important. You know, yeah. Baby, I know you've got to go to the interview. I got thirty seconds huh? to a commercial. I okay. love you. I will forever I love, love you, you. and um, thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely, my pleasure. And we will we will be in touch. Thanks for everyone. Bye. All right, guys, you've been listening to a live account of myself, Megan Grant, and other of my friends who witnessed to the largest massacre in the history of the United States from Mandalay Bay. Um, I'm confused and sad why that is part of this program and why I, it happened. But again, I'm going to keep striving to figure out what I can create from this because something really good has to come out of all this evil. It really does. I'll be back in just a few minutes. Please don't go away for the last couple of minutes with Forbes Factor. Bye-bye. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. 
The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Listening to the Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. It's Forbes Riley, and I am back. You are listening to one of the the oddest shows I could imagine. You just heard from two eyewitnesses, one is me, to the massacre that happened in Las Vegas Sunday night. Uh, this is very therapeutic for me personally, and I, and I can't believe that this is going to be part of my legacy, but I wanted to say uh, to everyone who's listening to this, to everyone who's gone through this, I've gotten hundreds of calls, I've done a bunch of interviews, I've met trauma surgeons, I've met survivors. Um, being firsthand at a tragedy is Amazing to me. Now, I'm going to share something with you. I don't know if all you guys know, because I got into a, I got into a heated debate two nights ago with Pierce Morgan from uh, BBC Morning Television about gun control. One, I was a little shocked. I'm standing there with a trauma surgeon who watched people die in his arms on his table, and I'm witness to what I am, and he wanted to focus on gun control. For me, not the right time. He had a very valid point when he said, when is the right time? And I said, please at least just give us a couple of days, because I can't focus. And I have no real say in all this. Here's the deal. I'm going to give you some insight. I grew up shooting guns. My mom and dad were president of the gun club. Never thought anything of it. I mean, as a little kid, my whole life we had guns in the house and no incidences. We were taught gun safety. We were taught that a gun is always loaded even when you look in the barrel and it's not. You never point it as a friend. You don't play Russian roulette. But then my life took a crazy turn. I raised a young man from South Central. He was part of the Big Brother Little Brother program with my husband, Tom. His name was Dexter Rideout. He was this amazing, beautiful little eight-year-old boy when I met him. And for 12 years of our life, we raised him. We went on every family vacation. Now, just to separate here, my husband and I are white. Dexter was black. We were part of the black community in South Central. They embraced us. We embraced them. But it was not without realizing that drive-by shootings happen every day in his community. When my husband ran for city council, uh, it was the most bizarre thing because we asked all the little kids in the neighborhood to draw a picture a day in their life. At Dexter, at eight years old, drew a picture of a drive-by shooting with a kid dead on the street. I remember being shocked at that and not even comprehending. I mean, the world I come from doesn't experience that. The world he comes from experiences that on a regular basis. Twelve years later, Dexter is 20, about to turn 21 in July. I had just given birth to my twins. They were six months old. Uh, Dexter had a tough time getting to us those six months because he was going to school and we lived a little bit of a distance away. It was the only time we had never seen him, but we were too preoccupied with these new little babies. And I come home and my husband's sitting on the couch and I walk in and he says, 
isn't explicitly charged. Um, sorry. Well, I normally tell this without. Uh, I'm so sorry. Okay, this was 15 years ago. Dexter on a Sunday morning was walking from getting his hair cut to church on Hoover Street, and uh, a group, a gang of three guys drove up. They were looking for a kid or anybody in a blue shirt to kill as part of their initiation. Kid jumped out, walked up behind my Dexter, and shot him ten times in the back and left him for dead on the ground. Okay, that was a very pointed, specific gun violence. My husband grew up across the street from an amazing man named Hugo Bustamante. Hugo was from Peru, beautiful family of four. When I met my husband, we would go on vacations with the family. He married a beautiful woman. They had two kids. Uh, he was a pharmacist in the Long Beach Hospital. And uh, a couple of years after Dexter, we get a phone call that Hugo's co-worker had been disgruntled, came into the pharmacy inside a hospital, pointed the gun at Hugo's face and shot him dead, shot another man and then killed himself. I have a third incident, and I cannot believe I'm witness to all this, and I don't know the point of all this because it's making my life pretty complicated right now. But my husband and I had a best friend, John Dolier, who lived in Africa. He had a, a beautiful vineyard and a family and two kids that we vacationed with and spent time with. And on his 60th birthday, he went out to the Maasai Mara, which is the safari area, a land that he loved so much. And um, he had his kids, his wife, a couple of other people. These group of marauders came up, fired guns. Everybody hit the deck. They stole things. They took computers. They roughed everybody up. And on the way out of the camp, they turned around and they shot my friend John Dolier in the back in front of his wife and kids. Okay. Um, these all were gun-committed crimes. Could people have gotten guns anyway? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that you can stop an individual from doing what they're doing. I don't know that outlawing guns is going to change anything, and I think in this country there's no way that you could do that. Yes, I firmly believe you should outlaw automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons. There's a big difference being able to kill one person or kill or hurt 500 in six minutes. The insanity of what we witnessed can never, ever, ever happen again. That just can't be. But I will tell you, you can't take guns away from people. I mean, I am so sad about what happened to my family, to my friends. Uh, it's a tough issue, and I'm sure we're going to be debating this in the news for a long time to come in politics. There is no easy answer. But right now, I know people are grieving and they're hurting. They're scared. I'm hoping we don't overreact and take away too many human rights from us. I mean, I, go, I fly every week. I'm still taking off my shoes and my laptops and can't take a bottle of water through the TSA because of some of the things that have happened. I'm going to urge us not to overreact and take away rights based on what's happened. That's not going to solve this issue. But to be cautious, and I think like Megan said, don't take any day for granted. Love the ones who are closest to you. Be nice to the ones that you've never met. I did Facebook Live, and I invite you to come to my Facebook page. It said, look, share with me a random act of kindness. What have you done to make this world a better place? That is the spotlight right now, because there's nothing else to be done. The grieving is going to happen, but what can you do to make this world better? Um, joining me right now, guys, is ironically an old friend of mine. He just walked into my hotel room, uh, Inside Edition, came to ask me a few questions, and I met Jim Murray many years ago. He is a fascinating reporter. He's been decorated. He's amazing at what he does. His dad was a rock star who I was a fan of, and a precious friend. He, just seconds ago, he walked in. I said, please call into my show. He turned out to have been in Las Vegas. He's got a crazy story, and at the moment, he's the chief correspondent for Inside Edition. Jim, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, Forbes? I, um, 
I don't know if I've ever been quite as emotional, and there's an irony to what's happening. I mean, can you make sense out of all of this? I don't think I can. I'll tell you, you know, it's, I know you were up above the shooter when this was happening. I was down below, happened to be in town with a bunch of other reporters looking for O.J. Simpson, of all people, because he just got out of prison, and we were about to feed in our footage well, of an interview that we had done with a friend of his, because as far as I knew, we were going to spend the week looking for O.J., right? Something we'd done for years before, but um, uh, I got a text, turn on the news, right now something's happening, and, and, I, and I turned it on, and I looked in disbelief, and my cameraman and I were watching, and I said, let's go, let's go right now. We, re- we drove right into the area, and we parked at uh, Hooters, has a hotel about a block and a half away from the Mirage, and what I saw was an incredible sea of paramedics and ENTs, and they had spread an orange tarp over the entire street, and they had the precision of a military operation, and they were attending to people who were wounded. I saw one woman limping. She had been shot in the leg. I saw another person on a stretcher. And, and at this point, I, I, I started talking to people what's going on, and, and so many people were so terrified, understandably, because this was still an active shooting situation. Nobody knew what was going on. It was inconceivable that it was only one person. And uh, the rumors started flying. People were tweeting, there's a shooter at New York, New York, there's a shooter at the Bellagio, because what was happening is you were hearing ricochets and sounds reverberating from other buildings. And, and, and my first thought was, oh my gosh, we're, we're under attack, right? And right. Um, when you see people who are crying because they're terrified, or they saw one or two or 20 or people shot in front of them, dead. Uh, At this point, the the reports were only two people uh, hurt or two people killed and 20 injured. And I asked several people and said, that's just not true. I took the pulse of a dozen people and they were dead. And I saw 20, 30, 40, 50 people on the ground. And I thought, near nothing was computing, nothing. So can I make sense of it? No, I, I wish I could. I wish I could tell you that I could understand. You know, when we thought at first this could be terrorism, in some strange way, it almost made sense. You said, okay, fine, I understand. It doesn't, it's madness, but it happens in this world. But then when you hear it's a, a, a 64-year-old guy who's, uh, who's well-off, who's retired, who has brought in uh, 23 or so weapons, and is just indiscriminately firing upon people and, and continuing to fire as they flee, no, I, I, I can't make sense of it. And, I, and I'm with you. I think that this warrants... A discussion about guns and gun safety, I don't believe they will ever be outlawed in this country, nor do I believe they should be, but I think that you need some common sense, and I don't think that the ability to turn a gun into basically a machine gun and mow down people for no reason, just because you feel like it, I don't think that's acceptable in any world. So here's my question, because you witness a lot of the world the mental state of people in this country, we're scared. We have a president who tweets crazy things in the middle of the night. There's a lot of hatred going on on all terms. Is, do you think there's an ability to focus on the, the why? I mean, this man obviously got pushed to a point. We can't explain it, and, it, and you probably never will since he's gone. But everybody we see who gets to this point, and by the way, it's a handful of people. I know they've taken out a lot of people, but like, you, know, you've, you've seen, you, you are the news. When you go to other countries, there's bombs blowing up. There's people being killed everywhere. In this country, we're relatively safe. What is your take on, you know, on, on our plight of what we're dealing with compared to the rest of the world? Well, 
this is a safe country, although when you look at statistics and you see the number of gun deaths in this country, it were, it's way out of whack with any other uh, you know, industrialized nation. It just doesn't make sense. You, you can cross the border to Canada and, and the, the, the numbers go down from, say, 100,000 to zero, right? Uh, I'll tell you what, what gave me hope uh, on Sunday night because there really wasn't a lot of it that night, but I'll tell you what did give me hope. Uh, I saw a number of people, and you've seen them since, not trained professionals, not uh, law enforcement, not EMTs, but just regular folks who happened to be at a concert who didn't run away from gunfire but ran back toward the danger area because they wanted to help complete strangers. And, and that is what I have to cling to because otherwise I, I find myself feeling depressed and hopeless. Um, I think that getting to the why, we have to figure out what is going on. Uh, I have kids, you have kids. As a parent, look, if something happened to me today, I'd be sad about it. I would be sad for my family, but I'm fine. I've lived a great life. Everything's terrific, but I want my kids to have an opportunity to grow up. You want your children, and, and, and you want other people's children to at least have the chance of, of making a successful life and a happy life and not being mowed down indiscriminately because some lunatic decides to fire on them. So I think that... Jim, I'm so sorry. I honored no and grateful that you came back into my life today. I'm going to continue to find the hope in this. I'm a crazy, eternal optimist. And in light of all of this, we're going to move forward and we're going to be stronger because of it. We have to. Uh, I want to thank you... Uh, Jim Murray from Inside Edition for joining me today. Thank you to Grant Cardone, to Megan Cavallis. Uh, this is a tough time, guys. My advice, hug somebody that you love. Write an indisc- you know, a, a random act of kindness on an email. Call somebody you haven't talked to in years. Just reach out and remember that we're human and we have a, the ability to make a difference. Actually, one person can make a difference, either good or bad. Could you be that one person? I want to thank everybody for joining me today on The Forbes Factor. Uh, please continue to write in. We, you know, this lives as a podcast. You can always really play this. Play this for your friends and family. I think this is an important show. Uh, I love you guys. My engineers and everybody helps me so much at Forbes Factor. Thank you guys at Voice America. And God bless all of us. And uh, give a moment of silence to people who lost their lives. And pick up your head and move on and know that you can make a difference. I love you guys, and I'll see you again next week, okay? Bye-bye. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We'll see you again soon.